listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your host, Jess O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sexologist. And today's episode is brought to you by Desire Resorts and Desire Cruises, clothing optional, couples only experiences that are really designed to reignite the spark and much, much more. And I am setting sail from Spain to France to Italy with a stop in Monaco in April and May with Desire Cruises. And I invite you to join me on board. I already, I just found out my husband, Brandon, is coming. I'm happy, happy to report. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know I was on board their first cruise just a few months ago. And uh, with all my Insta stories and pics, you know, I had a, a great time. So check them out at Desire Resorts on all social media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. It is my pleasure to welcome Carlisle Jansen, sex coach and owner of Good For Her Sexuality Shop just down the street from me in downtown Toronto. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you doing? Wonderful, thanks for being here. Now Carlisle, you and I go back a little while. We do. Yeah. Um, you actually hired me years ago to teach workshops at Good For Her. Uh, we've shared the stage at conferences in a couple of cities in Canada. We were just together in Toronto at the Everything To Do With Sex show. That was fun. And when clients, when clients come to me looking for coaching um, in the area of sex and particularly in the area of orgasms, you are my go-to person. So I'm calling on you again today to talk about orgasms. Are you game? I'm great. I'm game. <laughs> All right. So let's start with, I think I like the way you define an orgasm. So what is an orgasm? So it's an experience where there's blood flowing and pumping through the body. Your um, heart rate is increasing like you uh, would when you are working out. Um, and uh, all of the blood pools in particular in the genital region and there's um, basically it's contraction of pelvic floor um, that's rhythmic um, and it uh, goes on for some people for two three seconds for some people longer um, and so the, the muscles are contracting and you get a sense of pleasure and a rush that's uh, then followed by sort of an immediate drop in arousal um, and sort of a sense of relief a little bit like after a sneeze. That's so funny because I remember Dr. Ruth uh, describing the orgasm like a sneeze. So when you say it's like a sneeze, you mean it's like a relief, not that the orgasm feels like a sneeze. Yeah, it's the, it's, you know how when you're, you're sort of close to a sneeze and you're like, oh my God, I have all of this, I need to get rid of it. And if you don't, <laughs> it's kind of disappointing. Um, but the, but the, a sneeze after you're done, you're like, oh, that feels so much better. Right, right. Um, even though when you're feeling pleasure, it shouldn't be uncomfortable when you're at the end. Although for some people, there's sort of that, that pain-pleasure kind of threshold um, uh, that's right before an orgasm. But then when you're done, there's this sort of let, letting go of energy and kind of a release into um, relaxation. And well, for especially for men, sort of a sense of like, okay, now it's time to go to sleep. Right. <laughs> and I, I actually like that feeling, um, almost that frustrating feeling of not quite getting there. Like, like kind of when you have to sneeze and can't. Like I find that if you, if you play with that, 
when it finally comes, it, it's all the more exciting. If you can play with that edge just before orgasm and really enjoy it and linger there, that can be fabulous. And um, a lot of people like to play with that edge before orgasm and like to draw it out, and make it last a long time. And if you can do that, it feels great. Problem is when you aren't enjoying it and you're thinking, you know, oh my God, I just want to come and is it coming and is it going to happen and what if it doesn't? And when you're on that edge and you're frustrated, then you actually don't enjoy the process as much. Right. It's kind of like when your partner puts that on you too, right? I, I think that men who have sex with women have this tendency, not all men do this, but like I, I've been with men who are like, did you come yet? Did you come yet? Did you go yet? <laughs> oh my God, shut up. It's like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Well, that performance pressure, and often it comes from a good place, right? Like often our partners really want us to enjoy ourselves and want us to feel great. Um, but sometimes there's the whole bravado of like, oh, I gave you a great orgasm. Um, and, and sometimes we want to please our partners because there can actually be a lot of tension in a relationship. You know, I teach a workshop on learning how to orgasm and often at the beginning, there's a lot of um, people who are, who talk about how, you know, they end up in tears afterwards because they end up in a fight or there's all of this pressure to have this orgasm in order for both people to feel whole and to feel like sex is good and that, you know, they're both holding up their end of the bargain. And, of course, that's not true. Right? You can have great sex and not orgasm. And just because you don't orgasm doesn't mean that you're not a good lover, that your partner's not you know, a sex god or a sex goddess. Um, it just means that orgasm is working the way you want it to. And the harder you try, yeah, less like it's going to happen. Yeah. I, I know for me sometimes if I'm really distracted but I, and I'm really stressed or I'm very tired or I just have something on my mind, and I still want to have, as I call it, the sex, but because <laughs> I feel you know connected and it still feels really good, and right. I like the feeling of my partner, you know, feeling satisfied. Sometimes I'll say like it's it's not going to happen. Like tonight's is it's just not going to happen. And it's not often that I say that. Um, I sometimes think it makes him try harder. <laughs> right. And, and sometimes it actually works. Where I'm like, okay, like I need you to take over for me. Um, mm -hmm. And that and that's okay too. But it doesn't mean I don't want to have the sex even if it's right. just i'm not having the orgasm so right it, it certainly can feel good now here, here's the thing why do we even have trouble defining or recognizing orgasm because i i got a question from a listener it says i'm 26 female and i'm not sure if i've had an orgasm how can i be sure well, and this is a classic question. A lot of women will ask me that in, you know, women who can't orgasm. Um, and they're like, you know, how do I know? And their friends usually will tell them like, oh, you'd know. And, and I think part of it is that some of us experience a lot of pleasure and like fireworks and explosiveness and it's really clear. I do think that some of us, especially from internal stimulation, it's a little more subtle. It doesn't look like it does in porn or in Hollywood and especially that classic Scene from when Harry met Sally, where she makes an orgasm in public. Like right. For a lot of us, it doesn't look or sound that way. So we're we sort of compare ourselves and we think, oh well, it doesn't look or sound like that. So maybe I didn't have one. Sometimes we're having small ones, um, and we just don't recognize it because we think it's supposed to be bigger. But the things that I generally 
say that will help you know whether it happened or not is one is that um, if you have a clitoris, it's really oversensitive right afterwards. Um, that sensation of like, okay, don't touch me anymore. And a, and a very sudden one, because for some people, the arousal kind of goes down gradually um, because they start getting unfocused or they get distracted. It's more of like all of a sudden, oh my God, don't touch me. Right. Okay. Um, so that's, that's one of the signs. And the other one is like we talked about with the sneeze, you have this all of a sudden sense of relaxation, release, um, letting go that it's also very immediate like oh yeah and sometimes that's all orgasm really is it's a yeah. uh, like sometimes you know I think that many of us and many of our partners uh, regardless of gender gauge our pleasure by the sounds we make and we have mm -hmm. research showing that the sounds we make are in fact not commensurate with our own pleasure but indicators of how we want to communicate that pleasure to our partners so sometimes we make more noise because we want to stroke our partner's ego, because we know yeah. what turns them on. Um, and there's certainly a, you know, a space for making lots of noise if that's what you're into. But sometimes we can be quite quiet and have a really satisfying orgasm. A lot of women describe that they really, they have to concentrate, they go inwards. Like they really have to go into their experience in order to concentrate and allow the orgasm to happen. And sometimes when you're so far inward that it is very quiet and it is very personal and it doesn't mean that the pleasure wasn't great or that the partner wasn't um, really fabulous in um, helping them to get there and being, I call it, you're, you're an accomplice. <laughs> you don't right. make it happen. <laughs> Not you're a bad thing to be. an accomplice <laughs> to a beautiful event if it happens. I like that. I like that. Okay, so I, I have a bunch of questions on orgasm. So Cynthia, who's 41, says, help, I've never had an orgasm. Where do I start? Now, I know that's a big question, but I know you, te you teach workshops on learning to orgasm. You teach workshops on bigger, better orgasms. And it's mostly at good for her that you do this, but you do it elsewhere as well. So where, where do we even start with, uh, with Cynthia here? So... Always the first answer is getting to know your body and um, having a look, um, feeling different sensations, taking some time to pleasure yourself. Um, I have a book called Sex Yourself, which describes lots of erogenous zones and also gives um, techniques on, okay, try stimulating the clitoris from side to side over top of the hood. Um, try going from the vagina up to the clitoris. Like a lot of women say like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Yeah where it feels good and, and sometimes they'll see a therapist who says just explore but sometimes we need some suggestions on what kinds of things to explore um, and different techniques and not just banging back and forth on the clitoris so trying different things and getting to know what feels good partly because everyone has different erogenous zones and like the clitoris is often a great place for people to feel stimulation but some want it hard some want it soft some want it direct someone at the side. And I even know people who don't like their clitoris is stimulated. Their erogenous zone is deep inside the vagina or it's the G-spot or it's the back wall of the vagina. Um, you know, for some people, it's their nipples get them like so aroused and others like stimulating the nipples is really no different than stimulating their elbow. It's really, <laughs> you know, it's not that erogenous. So what are your erogenous zones? And then, and then I suggest um, sometimes 
you know, a lot of women who don't orgasm, they get bored after five or 10 minutes. It's not going anywhere. And sometimes we need a little more power. You need maybe um, a vibrator that's got um, some good settings from low to high that has some power. Um, of course, I'm a big fan of the magic wand. Um, it's really great. But, um, you know, there are other smaller, more powerful toys um, that you can use, like the Form 2. Um, or uh, another one that, you know, there's all, I don't know if you've, if you've tried or heard of the Womanizer, um, which yes. is a terrible name, um, yes. but it's a whole new series of toys, and now there's lots of imitations of it that have that I have found have been very successful with women who are trying to have an orgasm and they're not as large, tend to be noisy, but yeah, they have sort of a kind of a suction, deep throbbing that's around the clitoris. So it doesn't hit the head of the clitoris. It really gets a deeper sensation. And I found a lot of people have been successful with that, adding a little bit more intensity to get that added sensation because some of us need that. Just like some of us need glasses to see and some of us need a calculator to do math. Some of us need a little bit of extra power in order to orgasm. Oh, I, I like that. I like that. Glasses to see. I wear contacts without apology and I don't say, oh, something's wrong with me. Why can't I just see the way my neighbor who has 20-20 vision sees? Yeah. I need this little, I need a little bit of help with it and that's okay. And I mean, I, I'm sure many of our listeners here know, but I, I think it's worth repeating that if you're having intercourse, penis and a vagina, the likelihood of producing orgasm is quite low. You are more likely to not have an orgasm than to have an orgasm. And there's nothing wrong with you, right? There's nothing wrong with enjoying that type of sex, but there's also nothing wrong with enjoying other types of sex, right? Like most, where do, how do most women have their first orgasm? It's not with a partner, right? Usually on their own. Yeah, of a people of all genders, I presume. Yeah. Yeah, that we have to learn on our own and we use our hands and we use toys or, you know, your partner can use their cheek, their nose, their tongue, their anything that protrudes or doesn't protrude. <laughs> <laughs> anything at all. So, um, so, that's the, so you've given Cynthia some great places to start. I, I have so many questions. I, I want to get to a handful of them. So this person says... I can only have an orgasm when I'm on my own, not with my boyfriend, even if we do the same stuff that I do on my own. So I use my fingers on my clit. I still can't come when I'm with him. Help. <laughs> yeah. So for some of us, it's, it's really hard to let ourselves go in front of a partner. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, the French word for orgasm is la, la petite mort, the little death. And it's really, it sounds morbid, but it's really about letting go. And I think it's hard for it sometimes for us to let somebody into that experience and allow ourselves to be seen. You know, we don't know if our tongue's hanging out, if my face looks good. Um, and so what I recommend starting with in this situation is see if you can have an orgasm while you're on the phone with him. Hmm. Um, and so that you can let go, but he's not watching you, right? Interesting. And you can bring him a little bit in. And then if that works, see if you can have an orgasm on your own when he's in the apartment or the house, right? And then if that works, bring him a little bit closer. So have him in the bedroom. Maybe you're facing, you're back to back on the bed. So you're facing different ways and he pleasures himself while you pleasure yourself. If that works. Maybe then you can allow him to maybe kiss you or um, stimulate your nipples if you like that while you pleasure yourself. And then you're gradually 
bringing him in so that he can play a greater part in your touch, your pleasure. And it may be that you will always have to stimulate your clitoris when you're having sex with him, which is fine. Um, but you just want to kind of get him a little bit closer in on the experience. I like that. I like, like, I love the baby steps because I find that people always come with these big, you know, pro challenges that they see as catastrophic and they want it fixed in, you know, in a night. Like, we haven't had sex in six years. How do we have mind blowing right. tonight? Yeah. When really the it other, requires baby steps. The other thing is to allow yourself to take time and talk to him a little bit about what does it feel like to be naked? What does it feel like to be open up in front of you and to be sexual with you and to let you see and kind of talk about maybe what's going on a little bit in your head and kind of let that go. Um, and sometimes your partner can really reassure you that, you know, um, take your time. I love, I love tasting you. No, there's no rush. Um, you know, let's try a vibrator. Like your partner can help you feel more relaxed in front of them because sometimes we have assumptions that they're thinking certain things or expecting certain things. And that thinking takes us out of the experience. Yeah, and, and that kind of brings us to the this divide between physical arousal and subjective arousal, right? Because this person, I don't have her name, is saying that even though we're doing the exact same things physically, I can't get over the edge. And it, it's like you said, you know, it, it's le petit mort. Is it le, le petit mort, <laughs> the little death? Yeah. Um, the part of your brain right behind your left eye shuts down momentarily at orgasm. So you actually do need to let go, right? Like you said, if yeah. you're worried about what you look like, if you're worried about the kids in the next room, you can't entrench yourself in the experience. And so obviously there's a disconnect for this person between the ability to entrench themselves in the experience alone versus with a partner. So I like those suggestions of bringing them into it a little bit at a time. Um, and this is, this is a common problem, right? You must hear this often that I can orgasm on my own, but not with my partner. Absolutely. Right. That and happens often, a lot. Yeah. Oftentimes it's, it's because you were doing something physically different, right? right? Like, and I always think this is interesting. I'm like, well, if, if what you're doing is shoving something inside with a partner and what you're doing is, I don't know, lying on your stomach and grinding against your hand, those are two very different experiences. So you already know the answer. Right. Um, but when it's subjective, it's a bit more of a challenge. Like maybe when you're on your own, you're fantasizing more. Maybe you're reading something. Maybe you're looking at something. And those are also elements you, you can bring in with your partner. Well, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, if you're stressing out about, um, you know, the kids in the next room or whether you look good. Like some people have an easier time having an orgasm on their own because you don't have the pressure to please a partner, the performance, mm -hmm. the whole sense of, you know, like you're on stage and somebody's, you know, looking, waiting for it to happen, especially the first time, right? There's this whole pressure of like, well, is it going to happen? And is this the night? And any kind of pressure kills our orgasms. It kills our arousal. And mm -hmm. so if you're thinking about that, and you're partly you're in your head, right? You're thinking about, is it going to happen? Am I doing it right? Is it going to work this time? Which means you're not feeling what's going on. And secondly, when we're having sex, we're supposed to be in kind of rest and digest mode where all the blood's flowing and it's going to the genital region and everything's great. But it doesn't take much, just a little thought. Is it going to happen? Do I taste good? Am I taking too long? What if it doesn't? A little thought puts us into fight or flight. 
all that blood that was cooling down into the genital region to make everything feel great, um, our ancient brain takes over and our ancient brain that says danger, which means there's a bear chasing me. <laughs> your body says like, this is not the time to have an orgasm. And so all the blood that was cooling down in your genital region goes into your muscles, your main organs to run away from the bear. And so, um, so if you're, um, you know, if you're a woman, you have a clitoris, like all that blood that was there goes away. If you're a guy, yeah. um, or you have a penis, you know, you have this thought, uh-oh, what if I don't orgasm? What if I lose my erection? What if I ejaculate too quickly? What if I don't come? Same thing, and your body will lose the erection by either ejaculating quickly or otherwise, or not get the erection, again, run away from the bear. You don't want to have an erection when you're running away from a bear. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. No worries. Exactly. When the phone's ringing. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, so that, that makes perfect sense, right? And it's a chemical change in the body where you normally you have the oxytocin rushing when you're getting close to orgasm. But then if you have that flight or fight response with your bear, you've got cortisol and cortisol isn't what, you know, creates an exciting, relaxing, connecting, intimate and sexual experience. So I, I have one last question. Do you have the time? Yeah. All right, so this person says, I take forever to finish when I'm with my boyfriend. Uh, I'm not in a rush, but I do avoid sex because it takes so long, and honestly, I'm tired. Story of my life, I hear you. Um, what can I do to speed things up? So this person isn't saying, I, I think sometimes experts will put their own stuff on this and say like, well, you should take your time. Well, let's be right. honest, not everybody has an hour on Tuesday night. So you probably got some really practical tips to speed things up. Yeah, and some of the things we talked about already, right? Like that, that pressure to speed it up is going to kill the arousal. So <clears throat> I think first thing is you need to give yourself permission not to orgasm. Yeah. Um, that it's okay if it doesn't happen, like you mentioned earlier, um, yeah. that it's not going to happen that way, or that maybe it happens differently on those nights when you don't have the hour, right? Mm -hmm. That maybe toys are going to be helpful, you um, want it um, <clears throat> to incorporate a little different kind of pleasure um, on some nights when you don't have the mu as much time. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of similar to how we were just talking, I, I usually use this example of a chocolate truffle. You know how mm -hmm. if you sometimes eat a chocolate truffle, you know, or you have a box of truffles while you're watching TV, you don't really paying attention to the sensation. Um, but if somebody gives you the last chocolate truffle you're ever going to eat in your entire life, how you're going to savor that and enjoy it and take the time. And so I recommend like savor the sensations that you're having with your partner as though it's that last truffle. I Just like notice, that. right? Like what do you notice on the top and the bottom and the sides and around and just fill your head with what you notice, not analyzing, noticing all the sensations. And I find orgasm happens much more easily because your head is so full of pleasure that you're not worried about the orgasm. <clears throat> so that's one thing. Uh, but the other thing is talk to your partner about why you want to have sex. Like what's the goal here? Is it feel connection? Is it to um, uh, enjoy a kind of pleasure that you don't do with everybody else? Is it yeah. just express your love and feel loved, right? And I think sometimes when we go back to that, we realize Orgasm is actually not that important. <laughs> that, right. Yes, for some of us, the release is important, but what we're actually looking for is 
something on a different level. And so when you, you take that step back, sometimes you take that goal of orgasm out of it. And by virtue of doing that, A, you have a better time, and B, you're more likely to have an orgasm. Right. That, that makes perfect sense. And I like, well, I love food and I love chocolate. So I love that. <laughs> I also think that really like that is about developing presence. And yes. when you try and if you're not particularly present, like many of us are not right. We're on our phones. We've got 42 okay. tabs open. We're checking Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our emails while we're in a meeting. Uh, one of the challenges involves the fact that we try and learn this new skill of being present in the bedroom and learning a new skill in the bedroom is not the place. Like it's just too high pressure, too high intensity, too exciting, too little, too few clothes. Um, but if you can just actually, whether it's the last truffle on earth or just whatever food you're enjoying, um, take the time to enjoy it in the moment. That's one way to develop presence outside of the bedroom. Yeah, and practicing on your own of being present while you pleasure yourself. Um, or even I sometimes recommend taking a little bit more time as you go to work or school or wherever you go. Give yourself an extra five minutes. Put your phone away. Take in all of the senses. What do you hear the birds doing or the cars or the construction or you know all of that? What do you notice with your eyes? Is there something on a building you haven't noticed before? What do you feel under your feet or is your hands are in your pockets, right? Like just practicing that presence and mindfulness and being in the moment uh, when you're not having sex or when you're not having sex with a partner so that you can practice that skill of noticing and being in the moment. That, that all makes sense to me. Carlisle, thank you so much. Now, you have some workshops coming up. They, they come up almost every month on learning to orgasm, bigger, better multiples. I, I know you have workshops on sexual skills and communication, all at Good For Her. And if you aren't familiar with Good For Her, even if you're just passing through Toronto, it's worth a stop because, you know, it's a place where you can just go in and ask questions. Like, your staff aren't just random people. These are people who are sex educators like us. Yeah, we do a lot of training and there's a lot, um, you can ask any question that you want. You can also stop by our website, goodforher.com, and I have some short educational YouTube videos up there as well. So um, if you wanted to learn a few snippets about for ways to use a vibrator, how to do, um, enjoy your orgasms, how do you start butt play, those kinds of things, we have little short videos there. Okay, awesome. Butt play videos, short butt play videos. They're going to like that. And uh, you have a sale going on right now. So if you're listening um, in time, this we're December, December the 12th right now, you have a sale going on at Good For Her? Yes, we've got um, different things on every day. Um, and uh, we've got little gift suggestions on there. So right now, I think we have the Mustang on sale, the WeVibe Sync. We have the Aslan um, Harness. We have a few vibrators. Um, so lots of great things to get while the savings are hot. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Carlisle. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much to Carlisle, and thank you to you for listening. Before I let you go, I want to offer a few more little tips and insights on orgasm. And, and one thing that I think is really important is this piece around porn and orgasms. So I think a lot of us struggle to have orgasms, to recognize orgasms, because we're doing what we see in porn because it's the only sex we see, right? We don't have a place where we learn about sex, whereas we learn about sports, we learn about cooking, we learn about all these other skills. So 
if you are emulating what you see in porn, you're probably, especially if you have a, a vulva and a clitoris, you're probably less likely to have an orgasm. So that's the first thing that I think I just want to underscore from this conversation. And then the second piece, and Carlisle said it, you need to get your get to know your body. And I want to give you um, some examples of how different women, because it tends to be women, all the, all the questions I received on this are from women, uh, some examples of how women orgasm, because you do need to get to know your body because it's unique. So, for example, some women learn to orgasm from rolling a bed sheet, like kind of twisting a bed sheet between their legs and grinding up and down it. Um, others learn to orgasm by using a, a removable shower head and spraying around the outside. Uh, others, and this is funny because uh, I used to do more work with women learning how to orgasm and we'd go through this program and we, you know, they'd get to know their body and they'd get comfortable and they'd become mindful and they'd learn all these techniques. And then some of them in the end still hadn't had an orgasm. So, you know, we'd say, you know, try grinding against furniture and inevitably that seemed to work. So some, some people learn from just humping <laughs> the arm of a sofa. So that rubbing and grinding Others find that it's a vibrator rolled all around the outside. I think, again, because of what we see in porn, it's all about shoving stuff inside or pressing it on the head of the clit, but sometimes it's just rubbing all around the lips with a vibrator. Uh, Carlisle had mentioned the magic wand, which is probably the toy that many women learn how to orgasm with, the Hitachi magic wand. Um, some squeeze their legs together really tightly, either just rubbing with their hand or even during intercourse. Others find that lying on their stomachs so that they can put their hand down below their pelvic mound and use the weight of their hand to grind against it really helps. Uh, there really are an unlimited number of paths to orgasm. So you have to figure out what works for you. Um, others find that just breathing more deeply and making noise helps to facilitate orgasm because often we hold our breath, we muffle our sounds, and in doing so, we inhibit the sexual response cycle, including orgasm. And I was, I was thinking about uh, me. <laughs> I was thinking about my experience and, and what I like. And if you know my work, you know I don't talk a ton about my sex life in particular. I'll talk about my relationship a little. And uh, if you're wondering why I don't talk about my sex life, even though I'm a sexologist and talk about sex all the time, it's because I there are people out there who sexualize women and specifically sexualize women working in this field and specifically sexualize young women who, who look like me Um who they perhaps find attractive. And I, I don't want to be sexualized. Like I do this work because I want to help people because I want your relationships to be better because I want you to have all the confidence in the world, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, whether you like missionary in the dark or you're swinging every single weekend, whatever you're into, I want you to feel great about who you are so you can have a happier relationship because when you have a happier relationship, you have higher life satisfaction. And when you have higher life satisfaction, you're nicer to people. And when you're nicer to people, the world is a better place. So, so back to, we really shouldn't let me talk on my own. <laughs> um, back to what I was saying, which is that I don't talk a lot about my own sex life because I don't want to be sexualized. But I'm going to talk, I'll say, I'll say this. I'll say that when I have an orgasm and the way that is most reliable for me to get to orgasm 
what it involves, and specifically I'm, I'm talking during intercourse at this moment, although it doesn't always happen during intercourse, it involves something that I don't think um, is considered sexy. Like I'm not bouncing up and down. I'm not, you know, jumping all over the place. I'm not, you know, making everything jiggle. I'm, I'm moving in this tight, um, tight way that works for me, kind of squeezing. And it kind of more looks like I'm trying to wiggle my way out of a small space. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good way to describe it. I wish Brandon was here to ask him. And, and ultimately, I have to be really comfortable with my partner to do that because it's not a look or a physical activity that is sexualized. It's not something you I've ever seen in porn. I'm, I'm sure it's in porn somewhere because there's all types of porn today. But yeah, if I if if having an orgasm involves me kind of squeezing together, tensing up, and it looks like I'm wiggling out of a small space, um, I you know if I didn't have a partner who made me feel so comfortable with myself, with my body, with my own sexuality, and really prioritized my pleasure, uh, I don't think I'd be willing to do it. So I know what I like, but I'm thinking that I also need my partner to understand that this is my genuine pleasure and to derive pleasure from my own pleasure, as opposed to expecting me to emulate uh, what perhaps he sees more in porn. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of went on a ramble there, but I, I wanted to add that at the end, that if your way of orgasming, reaching orgasm, and of course there are many ways, but there's often kind of a reliable way, uh, if your path to orgasm isn't what you see in movies, in porn, uh, you need to be okay with that. And you also need to, you know, have a partner who, who loves that. Like, I, I know with my partner that, that Brandon would rather me be satisfied, even if it means I look like a wriggly worm. I wish he was here really to give the description of what I look like. He might describe it differently. Um, I, what I know is that he doesn't care. I know that he's not thinking like, wow, you don't look like a porn star. He's thinking like, this feels really nice. I feel really connected. I'm glad to be a part of your pleasure process. Here I am speaking for him. I really should have him on. He, he's my better half. People like him better anyway. <laughs> I don't blame them. All right. I'm going to wrap up. That's all I've got for you. I've got to thank my sponsors. <laughs> Desire Resorts, thank you very much for your support. I'm heading out on, as I said, a cruise with them through Italy, France, Monaco, and Spain. So check it out, Desire Resorts online. And as always, we love getting your questions. Uh, I'm really happy we opened up the floor to your questions because they're interesting and nuanced and every case is different. And I don't have the, the um, universal answer to all of them, but certainly I can bring in experts who can offer additional insight and hopefully help you in your journey to feeling great about yourself, feeling great about your relationship, having satisfying sex, and living your version of happily ever after. Thanks so much, folks, and have a great week. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. <laughs>